In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. Hey, what's up? This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. Welcome you to the third edition of The Binge Lounge here on the Michelle Mission at MichelleMission.com. Previously on The Binge Lounge, we actually recorded this episode that you're about to listen to as our second episode of The Binge Lounge a couple of weeks ago. However, <laughs> since we did that and before we could release it, we recorded another episode of The Binge Lounge, which talked about uh, whitewashing and race bending in movies and on television. And we liked that episode so much, we released that as episode two. So now the show that we recorded as episode two of the binge lounge is being released as episode three of the binge lounge which you will note when the show comes on other than that it's just a cool episode of the binge lounge uh the michelle mission will return to our regularly scheduled podcast uh, providers and radio broadcasts next week when Vince returns from his European vacation. Um, but we recorded these shows just so that we can keep giving you new stuff throughout his little time away. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the Binge Lounge Black Cops in the Mist of Asides. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of the uh, highly anticipated <laughs> Binge Lounge. You can tell because it's playing that funky music. Yeah, man. <laughs> playing that funk, that funky uh, Grady music. Yes. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble, and I'm joined by my Michelle partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. It's all soul. Wednesdays, 8 to 10 on G-Town Radio. Now, the Binge Lounge has been so long since we've done one, so we might as well oh reintroduce it. Um, <laughs> ostensibly, was supposed to be about me and Vince talking about particular TV shows, reviewing like a season or right, 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 a special right. edition of a TV show or something like that. And we may do some things like that here inside the lounge. However, it is quickly over its one episode many moons ago morphed into me and Vince just talking about television and media in right. general themes there you go there you go we, we, we discuss themes that's what we do we discuss there you themes. go all right um, tonight's theme we are going to be talking about black cops on TV black cop black cop black cop black cop <laughs> That's what I mean. You don't think about Karis one every time you hear it. Uh, honestly, I don't. Overseer, 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 officer, officer, officer. You don't think of, you honestly don't think about Black Cop by Karis one when you say that. And I, you're a hip hop dude. I, I I don't think about it. I see the correlation. I feel like I should take my phone out and take a picture of you with the flash. And make sure it's, <laughs> make sure I ain't in the yeah. sunken place. Uh-huh. You know. Quick aside. <laughs> It's the bench lounge. Maybe That's I should say do. the first aside. <laughs> right, 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 right. Many to come. We are you know, KRS One. Oh boy. I I I I appreciate the man's level okay. and his place in hip hop. And he is widely considered, and rightfully so, uh huh, one of let's say the 10 best, if not top five best mm-hmm. MCs of all ooh, time. Ooh. Okay. It's a little high, but I'm going to go along okay, with Okay, but you. I'm just saying. Right. I mean, I'm not saying everyone. Right. For the record, before you get to your high, however, remember Lynn was part of the lynch mob that came after me when I said something <laughs> about the, the holiest of holiest is EPMD. But go on, please. Let me get my, um, 
let, let, let me get my um, barbecue sauce ready for this sacred cow that you're about to slaughter. All I'm, all I'm saying is that all that being said, I find KRS One mm-hmm. problematic. Oh, pro- oh! When I think about my enjoyment of the dude, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the teachings and philosophies that he, he preaches upon in his in his work, yet yes, he over, is a philosopher. He is a philosopher, he but teaches over the, very deeply. Uh, he, he teaches deeply, but I sometimes think he teaches hypocritically. Oh no! And oh my goodness at, at gracious! Least, oh, at least this is it right here. <laughs> at least there was a time. You know, I can't speak of maybe in the last ten years. He's gonna jump on stage and, and fight us like he did uh, PM Don when they talk crazy about him. Well, that would be nice because it would be the first time I've seen him on stage in a long time. Last time was when he was supposed to play at um, Odunde mm-hmm. here in in Philadelphia. Yeah, and he never made it to the stage. Oh, oh, so much so that by the time they finally announced, oh. and here comes KRS One. It was at the time when the city cut down the power. Oh, oh my! Goodness. He had, he was like three hours late. See, this is why you got to listen to the bench lounge. I had no idea this was going to happen. So, so go ahead, hip hypocritical. So I just problematic. I you find him because sometimes. you know he he preaches and philosophizes on you know the the merits of hip hop. Yes, and the the uh, the power of hip hop to enact social change. Yes, here in America, and it and it, and it is so. Um. Yet he himself has been sometimes, again, it's been a long time, but he's been more than a bit of a, a braggart, a braggadocious. Um, he's been like a bit of a bully at times. Oh, my goodness. To some, I mean, you think you think about how include how inclusive he always preaches about how hip hop is. And yet he's the dude that threw the, my man from PM Dawn off of the stage. Oh, he whooped his. I, I mean, yeah. again, this was maybe thirty years ago, it, it, but it, it had. It was at least twenty. I mean, you know, it, it was like twenty years. It ago. was like twenty years ago. But if you killed somebody twenty and, years ago, you're still a murderer. In Chris's defense, the PM Don dude was talking real crazy. What was he talking about? He, I don't even remember the details, but he says you so, can't say he was he, talking crazy. I, I, he, I feel like he was a little out of line with no, what he I said. I think about that's your love for Karis One. I mean, I, I have no great your- love for Karis One, but I did. It did seem like this was a fair one, as as they say here in Philadelphia. <laughs> they didn't say fair one in Baltimore. No, they no, we didn't. I learned that here. Aside number two, I was in Baltimore um, recently for Regeneration Who. Oh yeah, Doctor Who convention, and I and I caught a a taxi ride to my hotel, and I was talking to this taxi uh, the taxi driver. I I think if I remember his name being Tony, and we okay. had like a cool conversation. And I was telling him about you know I'm here for the Doctor Who convention, but I've also been sent on a quest to uh. journey to the Lexington Mart so that I might uh, purchase one of these chicken boxes yes at which point he Mm. born and raised in baltimore yes stopped the taxi Mm -hmm. because he said dude ain't nothing special about no he said you coming from philly right i said yeah they got chinese stores in philly i said yes they got they serve french fries and, and and chicken wings i said yes and then that's all it is. If you're going to go to the Lexington Mart, go there and get some seafood. That's what he told me. To See, do. here's the thing. Two things about that story. First of all, I don't know that dude or where he's from or how long he's been. He said he's from Baltimore. He but, looked like he was easily in his 50s. But what he said to you, which uh, which spoke to me, is that he had not been to Philadelphia. Oh, oh maybe not. Because the fried chicken in Philadelphia is case by case at best. <laughs> in fact, just yesterday, I was in Baltimore. And you, you know, you, you, you know, those of you who are in the area, you know, Rural Farms, which is sort of, mm. you know, it's one of it's it's like Wawa. It's not as good as Wawa. Like no. like all things being equal, Wawa is better. Yes. But where we have hoagies and and sandwiches at Wawa, Rural Farms is is famous because they have fried chicken. Okay. So you know you can get your chicken and, and and you know roll dinner roll and and western fries and that's Royal Farms thing. And I said, 
approximately 24 hours ago, we stopped at a Royal Farms in, you know, like near like White Marsh Mall. So it's not even like it was dead up in the community. Right. And I got a better chicken box at random Royal Farms than I do at, and I'm not going to name all, because we have some very well-established soul food restaurants here in Philadelphia. We do. And and spotty at best. And I said to my wife, why do I get better chicken wings from random Royal Farms than I do at, and then I named a couple of names that I'm not, you know, I'm not going to disrespect those restaurants. So, so there's that. Why is she going to disrespect the rest? It's not disrespected. Are you saying your opinion? I'm just saying. So, you know, that dude's never been to Philly. It doesn't sound like. And then, you know, maybe he just doesn't like chicken boxes. Like, you don't have to like chicken boxes. (laughs) Maybe. Right. So I didn't get a chicken box. All right. Well, you know. (laughs) The quest continues. Yes, the quest continues. (laughs) Maybe next time. I found out, by the way, what happened. PM Dawn. Uh, one um. Oh, oh yes, back to a side number one. Yes. <laughs> uh, who said it? Because I'm trying to get who's. I think it was. And when was this? Because this was like every... it was 1993. Oh wow, I didn't even think. Yeah, that. they they were getting they were getting interviewed by Details Magazine, and I I don't know if it was Prince B or the other one, but one of them said that Karis One wants to be a teacher. Yes, but a teacher of what? And he said that in the interview. Okay. So then Karis One came up and, and pushed him off stage. And then when they asked him later, they said um, he 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 told US USA Today, I answered his question. I'm a teacher of respect. So you know. So you think he had it coming because he said I absolutely had it. I absolutely think he no, had he it didn't. coming. Absolutely. PM Don talking to Details Magazine about Boogie Down Productions. Yes. Oh yeah. Do you? Yeah. You, yeah. What? First of all, you're PM Dawn. Yeah, what's wrong with that? If we squint our eyes, we'll say you're hip-hop, like, in the most inclusive sort of... It's certainly in 1993. Ooh, wow. That's... that's that's. We'll say... That's wrong. We'll say, all right, but let's just be real. PM Dawn was, quote-unquote, rap music for white people that De La Soul and A Tribe Called Quest was a little bit too real. That's who PM Dawn was, and really, so you were not a fan of PM. I was. I liked that one song. Like they had that song on the Boomerang soundtrack where he sang. Yes, there was no actual hip hop involved. Like yes. he was just singing. That was a real pretty song, and um, <laughs> it was in the night. In the movie, it's after Marcus and um. And, and, and Haley Berry's character have broken up. Yes. And he sees the bus drive by, and it's the painting on the side of the bus. It was that, her that famous she, painting. It famous right. that was in his apartment. And then they, they played the song, the PM Don song, and he was real sad. And that's uh and that was like, oh wow, that's and it's a pretty song. But PM Don wasn't really part of hip hop culture in nineteen ninety-three. Like when they grouped the hip hop dudes and they took it like that that wasn't really their lane. So that's first of all. Second of all, you're talking to Details Magazine. Like, you're not talking to the source. You're not talking to Double XL. You're not talking to rap pages. Like, mm-hmm. you're talking to. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, you're talking out of school. Okay. So in 1993, I absolutely see somebody telling KRS1 that PM Don, these people that nobody likes but white people, were talking to some other white people real slick about you. KRS one, and KRS one said, "Well, that certainly won't stand." <laughs> wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of you're all, you're not going to disrespect KRS one. First of all, first of all, and in KRS one's defense, like he didn't shoot nobody. He didn't. You know what I mean? You know, he pushed the dude off a of stage. He pushed the dude off stage for 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 no reason. Uh, no reason. Uh, if, he, if he wants to have it, a conversation with the dude it and, and is, he wants to be intimidated it in his conversation, is the classic reason. It is the reason things happen right now. And the reason is always keep my name. Finish it for me, Lynn. Keep my name. Out your mouth. Out your mouth. This is me telling you, keep my name out your mouth. And then exclamation point is me pushing you off a stage at your concert. See, I don't have a problem with KRS-One stepping to him and, and 
basically saying that keep your name out my mouth i don't have a problem with him doing that if he felt that he was being disrespectful in what right. he said all right i do have a problem with him at going at him like he did in uh on the stage because regardless of whether or not you want people to keep your name out of your mouth or anything like that one of our biggest problems and it has been going on for years and it just continued right there that incident in 1993 right is us being one ignorant towards one another okay and then two letting the world see us be sure ignorant to one another absolutely now if he tells details if if pm Dawn talks to details magazine and in your words talks out of school you know talks to the talks to the wrong people right about about krs1 and if everybody in hip-hop or in music dumb or whatever feel like he was wrong with that then that's cool for them to feel like that and they'll give him the the cold cold shoulder in the music world then krs once pulls up on them backstage at a concert wherever in a restaurant yo man let me holler at you let me talk to you for a little bit and they go to a door behind closed doors and behind closed doors whatever happens whatever happens that's krs one stepping to him man on omano between me and you bruh this is my problem with what happened. Now, how he how he uh, chooses to demonstrate the problem he has with what happens, sure. that's fine. But that's that is at that point between the two of two of them, and nobody else needs to be privy about it. The world uh, at large, um, you know, the the bl- the blackest sphere of 1993. Right, Trust me, right, right. we would have known what it right, right. So you're saying, down. like we know about other things. So you're saying it was the public part of it that you find um, distasteful. That's the part I find distasteful about what KRS One did. Okay, what I and I kind of see your point about PM Dawn talking to Details Magazine, maybe being at you know out of school. Even though I think that if he had, if he had said the same thing to the source or something like that, um, it might some might say that might have been even more problematic. Right, right, right. But that is also tempered by, at least from my memory, in 1993, that being at a time when KRS-One was sometimes his most hypocritical, mm-hmm. talking about being peace and everything like that, but ready to to stomp a fu- start a fight or t- come out of his mouth about somebody left left and right. You know there are rumors unsubstantiated. I I, I should say about maybe some some uh, misogynistic you know uh, things that he had may he may have perpetrated around that time as well. So I do feel like around at that time that's the time when KRS One was a little like yo man which way to which side of the corner you really talking here right you know what i'm saying and um for pm dawn maybe out of school to details magazine but nevertheless to at least be able to just articulate that then i don't necessarily have a problem with that all right okay well that aside is done (laughs) (laughs) all right all right so we're talking about black cops black (laughs) cops what you what you gotta say about black cops there hasn't been a whole lot of black cops on television, certainly very few and far between, that have been at the lead of their own shows. Oh, yeah, not at all. And and mind you, the trope of police officers being on TV, whether it be in ancillary characters in, um, in TV shows or more like more often being the lead on TV shows is something that dates back to car 54. Where are you? Right, right, right. You know, um, yet when I was looking into a story about, you know, talking about this, about black cops on television, I was amazed that you've got to go back to, well, of course, I guess, and he's not really a cop, but you go back to I Spy with the equally problematic Bill Cosby. Yeah, you know, um, he's not a he's not a, a cop, but no. he's a spy, right? Yeah, and you've really bent it, including I Spy. 
yeah, you've been to there. Really, yeah. really, I had to, the first one where a black cop is the lead on the show, mm-hmm. I think was the Shaft TV series. Was that, was that after Get Christy Love? The Shaft TV series, I think, oh, that's a good question. Was that after? Because Shaft is so funny because I just looked it up. I think Shaft was 73. Then that was so that, that was before that was before because that get was Christy before Love get Christy was, Love uh, seventy four yeah yeah so and I don't know like when if you're talking about actually a policeman and you're saying a lead as in like his name is on the marquee he's not right. part of an ensemble are you done well as far as like the lead like like this is my show like I'm you know Officer Black Cop oh. Officer at, at law, and then, and then you know, like comes a he's black cop, he be doing black cop stuff, as opposed to you know, Hill Street Blues right. or Homicide. Or, yeah, where it's a, it's I mean, I've never watched Rosewood. It, it's what is he like a forensic scientist? He's a forensic. Are we including them? I guess you have to. God, I I find that I do not enjoy that show. But um, you said you do. I do not. Oh, you do not. Oh, I so do not. Why are you watching Rose. it? Because my girlfriend. Your girl watches Rose. Ah, you got pulled into the more. Oh no 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 no. Oh no 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 <laughs> no no no. I only watch it when I come into the bedroom. Right, right, right. And she's falling asleep on it. Right. And I reach for the remote, and then she says, "Don't turn." Like, ah. Right, so right, then right. I have to at least watch at least five minutes before she falls you back. You doing like stuff, like kind of TV forensicy stuff. Oh my, dude, he's and then he takes his shirt off. He doesn't take his shirt off. <laughs> he doesn't take his shirt off. He's got quite a, quite the the wardrobe budget. So, okay, you know they want. I mean, what front. is he on Fox? Yes, it's on. Yeah, Fox. that's that's not a bad budget. He's, he's 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 got money. Right, right. But he's like he's like the celebrity. CSU guy. I guess wherever he is, and I think he's in Florida. Right, right. So wherever he is, like I guess they can't afford their own. The police can't afford their own CSU unit. So they pull him in. So they, he's got this private, basically CSU company that he runs with his sister and a couple of other people. Right. And Who plays his sister? That sounds like that could be an interesting person. Who is that? I don't know her name. Just nobody interested. Is she fine? I mean, she's not bad looking. All right. I mean, you know, but she's not she's not given much to do. You've just sold me more on Rosewood than anyone has ever like no, I know he has a Don't do it to there. yourself. Okay. Oh, do, I'm not oh, I'm not doing it at all. Please. Do not, <laughs> not do it, it to yourself. Um I can, I do not understand how this show got uh, we, we talked, got a second season. We talked about it on one of the episodes like like I just caught up to the expanse. Like I just caught up to the expanse. The expanse? Oh yeah, on on South You don't watch the expanse? I've heard that that's really good. It's Real good. I have not. Watched. Isn't it on like the second season? It's on a second season. The first season's on Amazon Prime. Uh, up, 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 up. This is a third aside for those keeping track. I think the Expanse <laughs> right now. I mean, you know, Fargo's not back on yet. Yeah, I, I did. Queen Sugar's not. I think the Expanse might be the best television show on right no. now. No, it's not. What's not what's better than the expanse? Like what are you gonna tell me? Is well, I haven't seen the expanse, so I, I guess I'm right, but, uh, but what are you championing? Atlanta. No, I mean on. Like Atlanta's not oh, on right now. Oh, okay, so that's on right, right now. Right, that's on right now. Like, you know, it's coming on. You know, I don't know the if Americans. Okay, I don't watch the Americans, but I've heard really, really good things. It might not be better than the Americans. I'm not going to say it may be as good, right? I don't right? Know, I, haven't I haven't seen the seen Americans, the expense, but you the know, Americans is really right? Good. Like, and you know, I understand we're like in that kind of dead zone. Like, uh, here you go. You want another sacred cow? Me, me, and my brother share a, a sort of shared disdain of Jay Z. Really? Yeah, and my brother says about Jay Z. You know, Jay Z, he's the greatest rapper working. He's doing his thing right now. And my brother always talks about the fact that. Jay-Z is a 90s rapper, really. Mm-hmm. But like he kind of blew up after all them other dudes kind of faded away, which yes, did. on one hand is a sign of how he um was able to craft a career mm-hmm. out of the, you know, when other people couldn't. But my brother always calls him the valedictorian of summer school. <laughs> That's a good line. Which is like top line. five. Funniest things I've ever heard in my entire life. That is a good line. So, you know, uh, you know, let me attribute that to my brother, Damon Williams. He calls Jay-Z 
the valedictorian of summer school. So you have a disdain for – You know what? Disdain is real strong. He, we will do my feelings on Jay-Z in two exchanges. Okay. I want you to say Jay-Z is the greatest MC that's ever lived. Go ahead. Jay-Z is the greatest MC that ever lived. I mean, he all right. Now then, I want you to say Jay-Z sucks ass and he shouldn't be an MC. And, and it's just a sign of how awful the industry is that Jay-Z is a billionaire off of his hip-hop music. You don't have to say all of that, but you get the gist. Go ahead, say it. Jay-Z he sucks ass and it's it, it's a shame how he's made himself a billionaire off of uh, the hip-hop industry. I mean, he all right. <laughs> there you go. That, those are my feelings on Jay-Z. Those are your feelings on Jay-Z. Talking about a, a, a show with um, with depictions of black cops from The Wire. You know, Jay-Z's a 40-degree day. <laughs> you know, 30 degrees, people get their <laughs> on because it's cold. 50 degrees, people, you know, got a little pep in their step because it's a little warm. 60 degrees, inwards is damn near barbecuing. But ain't nobody talking about a 40-degree day. And you all have been bringing me too many blankety-blank 40-degree days lately. Yes, you have. So Jay-Z is a 40-degree day. 40-degree day. I mean, you know, uh, you know. But about black cops on television. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the fact that we have all this time for all these asides, I think, says a lot, though. Like you say, you go back, like you have Get Christy Love, and then you have the the Shaft television show from the 70s. And there are, no, because I thought we were going to talk about ensembles. I just assumed we talk about ensembles well we can get into the ensemble because i don't know like what's after the two that i mean you could do lincoln heights which technically that's he was a cop he was a policeman but it was really more about his family yeah that's a family drama but well the one we we've been asked to talk about your man yeah but hawk wasn't a policeman Okay, okay, true. Right, I mean, you're saying a policeman. All right, yeah, right, right. He wasn't a cop. Right, he wasn't a cop at all. No, he wasn't, not at all. Not at all. I mean, mean, you know, Spencer Hire, that dude was a hitman. And then on his show, he was an anti, he was basically the equalizer. Yeah, he was. But with like, uh, with with like that, uh, with with like that little uh, thumb piano that, that, (laughs) that Maurice used to play all the time in Earth, Wind, and Fire. The, the kalimba, <laughs> and then you have one like a kufi, and then he get in his car and he would talk like this, and he'd be like smoke. Y'all can't see me, but I'm doing the hand motion for it's smoke the because the smoke. um because the, the international sign language of smoke of smoke because he'd be burning the incense and it'd be like African statues and and he would stand in his house in Washington D.C. and talk to Moses Gunn about African things. You know what I I do think about a man called Hawk though. I was thinking, and I, th- I thought we were going to go this direction. D- did you watch any any episodes to I've, get ready for this? I've actually not ever seen an episode of my. You've never. Seen, I've seen it. Come on, a man called Hawk from the very first episode, and I think Robert Monroe Jr. You know, shout out to Robert Monroe Jr. I think he's a couple of months ago he talked about running into um, Avery Brooks yes. and saying this. Somebody is going to have to show me a mortgage, like a house that that Robert Parker had, or or like like somebody's going to, have to show me where Avery Brooks had some type of long term contract. There is no way they thought that this thing was going to work. <laughs> a man called Hawk is the which ironically I don't know how many black creators were involved besides Avery Brooks. I know Avery Brooks was heavily involved, but when you look at the credits. Yeah. It is. It is. You know, it's Robert Park, and I forget the other gentleman's name, but you, you know, like, like, really, the primary voices from Spencer for Hire, mm-hmm. and then there are other writers who did. You know, at most, someone like there were thirteen episodes, and wow, and if you look at the other writers, you know, I think one writer wrote three episodes. Okay, but the rest of them, it's like this one wrote one, one episode, this one, and then Robert Parker was a writer on thirteen episodes. So I think it's fair to argue that this is like the primary voice. Yeah. And I think both of them are white. Mm-hmm. But Hawk is so black. 
that it's no way somebody thought that this thing was going to be on long enough to be syndicated. Or you think it was too black for the room? It was too black for my room. <laughs> like I remember watching Hawk when it came on and going, "This is so black." What made Hawk so? I think the the attention to detail about culture, like I'm joking about the African statues and the kalimba and the incense, but it really was like from scene to scene, mm-hmm. you know, this real attention to a, a, a African aesthetic, if you will, or an African-American appreciation of this aesthetic. And, and fully painted in a picture, what year are we talking about? This is 1987, 88? 89. 89. Okay. Yeah, 1989. And 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 you know, then you talk about the the people who ended up on there. It's it's like, you know, Angela Bassett is on three episodes. We talked about Moses wow. Gunn, Charles Dutton, Wesley Snipes, mm. Keith David. I mean, it goes on and on. Earl Hyman, Troy Bier, uh, Vondi Curtis Hall. Like it really was the showcase for black um, well, for them to certainly like, get their start, and for the, and you know, because it was set in Washington D.C. Yeah, and unlike certain shows that are set in black cities, yet somehow the cast is all white. <coughs> Walking Dead, <coughs> you know, this was a show that you know really reflected. No, seriously, why is there so many damn white people on The Walking Dead? Like, <laughs> like have you been to Atlanta? Like, damn, it's like 30 white people in Atlanta and all of them lived? There are a lot of black people on on Walking Dead. For, for 15 minutes. They're dead. Right. <laughs> I saw the sister, because I don't watch The Walking Dead, but I saw they were trying to be coy about the sister that, that had that's going to be the lead for the new Star Trek movie. Yeah, and, I saw, and I saw there was some ringing of hands. Oh, no, but she's on The Walking Dead. And people were all like, oh, like the makers of The Walking Dead were like, oh, it's okay. Well, I was like, Really, like we really gonna act like they not gonna kill her, <laughs> like they did Cuddy and everybody hates Chris and and Carver from The Wire and those are just the three that I know off the top of my head and I don't even watch The Walking Dead. Like I just see black people say, "Oh, it's kind of famous black actor is gonna be on The Walking Dead." And I'm like, for how many episodes? Well, she was on the show. No, she was on the show. She's been on the show for like about a good three seasons. Has she really? Yes. Yes. I didn't know. She's been a regular. She's been a regular on the show. This was season seven. She's been on on the show. It may be closer to four seasons. She came before or after Michonne? She came after Michonne. Oh, well, she should have known. Dude, she's been on it for four seasons. I'm just saying. And trust me, the only reason I think she, she got killed and is you know on, anybody could die on is this to be show. on star trek well well to, anybody can die on this show let's not act like daryl's going to die okay daryl or, or michonne Rick, michonne everybody else or, or negan and negan eventually will die he has to because he's the villain so eventually he has to die do you read the book how, how are you about I, spoilers? I'm, I'm, I'm not up to I, i've heard some things and i'm trying not i'm trying to avoid them but the show is the show does things different. Has deviated widely yeah. from the book. widely from the. You read yeah. the book. I mean, I don't read the book anymore, but I read it for like a hundred issues. So well, I read it for a hundred issues. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jacquees Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh. What's the best way to eat a taco, Vince? With your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Oh, so and Negan and Negan was still alive. Yeah, he was still alive. And then they flash forwarded like five years, and oh, I haven't seen that. All right, so. okay. Oh man. So black cops on TV. Black cops on TV. Black cops on TV.
V. Now, <laughs> you, do, <laughs> you do have to go to some of the ensembles. Okay, yes. Okay, to find some, find some black cops who... And in those ensembles, you can find you know, the diversity of the black police officer. Right. Um, you mentioned um, Hill Street Blues. Yes. Which to me is one of the 10 best TV shows ever. Can I t- you, you want to hear my dirty television secret? Yes. Hill Street Blues bored the hell out of me. I don't know if I ever watched two episodes of Hill Street Blues. That show. I know. I know. Whatever it is you're about to say, you're you're right and I'm wrong. You are wrong. I know. Because Hill Street Blues I know. is just, I that know. is the beginning of prestige television. That is television. what everyone tells me. It, that is where it, it is. started. It is. It's kind of like I've seen all, I've been to all the Despicable Me movies with my daughter. And as soon as I, I've, I've slept through two of them and the Minions movie, it just, it just done hook me. It just doesn't. I, I respect it. I love uh, what's the brother's name? Michael. Uh, Michael Warren. I love Michael Warren. I love Michael Warren. And he was. He, I, I know him and Charles Hay Jr. were like the soul. Like they were the heartbeat of that show. I love Michael Warren, and I just. And and for those who don't know, Hill Street Blue because it is old. It's from like early eighties. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it was basically about this police precinct in this fictional city. This I, fictional I, I urban, just found that out. urban I it was city that they never mentioned the name of. At all, okay. He never mentioned the name, um, and it was about this pr- police precinct. It was about the cops, so it was about the the boys in blue, and it was about the detectives. It was about the the chief of police, the chief of detectives. It was about the politics that they had to deal with. It was about the crime that they had to deal with. It was about their personal lives. It was the show, like I say, that heralded the the uh, the introduction of what we now know as prestige television. It was a very low-rated show when it debuted on NBC, but would go on for, at its time, to win more Emmy Awards and rightful Emmy Awards than almost any show of the 80s and it may still be close to the top as far as total total um rewards that it it, that it amassed and it was rightfully so it was a show that was rich with um with drama comedy suspense intrigue it was written just like i I, it was just like mm, it's like prime the dialogue off of that show and it it is from there that you can trace the footsteps to St. Elsewhere which which followed it in the uh, in the 80s uh and the show that introduced us to Denzel Washington and in and and for what it did to cop shows it, it, it's it's um its DNA is all in NYPD blue um and in the wire even mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. the wire, yeah, which yeah. is rightfully heralded as one of the top five greatest shows of all time, it's Hill D- Street Blues it DNA is in there, and then Michael Warren as one of the beat cops, and then Tareen Black as one of the detectives back in the eighties, always rocking out with his afro and his toothpick in his mouth, and he was just like he was cool, but he wasn't he wasn't like he wasn't like. Shaft Superman cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He he definitely had had his had his uh his faults um and his warts that would show. Now they didn't show a, a whole lot because his partner, uh J D, who was played by I can't remember the actor's name, this white guy had a crazy amount of warts. Um but it was just uh, I was like, oh my God, it's a it's a crime that only the first two seasons are on dvd was it as good as in the heat of the night the television series it was i'm just asking questions lynn it was i'm just asking questions then i'm answering your questions it was you know better carl weathers was in a couple of those seasons he had on a really tight shirt you know carl weathers is on tv again now i saw he was gonna be on something that i'm not watching He's like plays like I guess more or less like the lead DA um, in Chicago. Y'all can't see me hunch my shoulders like I just did the thing. Like it's going to go over the radio. Like I didn't care enough to make a noise. (laughs) I didn't care enough to make a noise. (laughs) Like I didn't even go. 
Like, you ever see commercials for stuff and you're mad that they wasted 15 seconds of your life with the commercial because you know you're never, ever going to watch it? That's true. Or, and I'm going to go ahead and put my wife out here. Out there. My wife DVRs, uh, oh, what is the name of her soap opera? Not Days of Our Lives. One Brave of them, and the Bold? No, it's one of them. Young and the Restless? Young and the Restless. Yeah. My wife DVRs Young and the Restless. Hey, honey, I just put all your business on the street. Oh, I hope she don't fight me like uh, like Carol's 1 to PM Dawn. <laughs> she gonna come in here. She gonna come in here and knock me out as we're taping the episode. Um, But she take my name out your mouth. Take my name out your mouth, Vince. So she DVR. She come in here and just Superman punches you. (laughs) That would be terrible. Anyway, she DVRs the Young and the Restless, and you know sometimes I'm sitting next to her while she's watching it, and you know fast forwards the commercials, and you know how 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 you know here's here's the secret for the DVR folks when you all want to fast forward, whenever they show a commercial for a show. On the same network yes. as the show you're watching, that's a clue that your show's about to come back on. Yes. So when you see a commercial for a show on that network, you can stop uh, fast forwarding or at yes. least slow down. Yes. That's a little pro tip. So anyway, she slows down. And it's always some. What, 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 do, or do, what's a binge lounge? Do we curse on the binge lounge? We no, because this is going to be on a radio. Okay. Say, I already got two places. I got to. No, it's always some random ASS show on CBS. Like, it's always one of these CBS. Like, it's always one of these CBS shows where, you know, and, and I've talked about this before, it's like a, a white guy in his late 50s, kind of, you know, it's like Mark. Mark Harmon or 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 Scott NCIS or Scott Bakula, like one of these white guys who's a little older, but still like a good looking white guy, and he's in charge of a group of people. Yeah, that, that, that's 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 CBS, and then they do some stuff. CBS, where you know it's some dramatic music playing, and you know it's always like a geeky guy as envisioned by like a a seventy year old Hollywood writer who's like been rich for 20 years and has never actually seen a computer person but like what he thinks a computer person looks like and it's like a geeky guy and then it's like you know and then it's like a white woman who's like 27 and then like they showed a group shot but then it's like a black person standing like two people from the back who wasn't in the commercial but they let you know it's a black person on there and it's always some shows and that's what this sounds like like you say, he's the head DA. I guarantee you, I bet you one American dollar that if you show me the picture of the cast from this show, he's like second from the back. Probably. I don't watch really watch the shows. How do we get sh- on that? Oh, we were talking you about brought up Carl, Carl Weathers. <laughs> well, you don't want talk to- about can't keep somebody out of your mouth. <laughs> Carl Weathers been on every show of the Michelle Mission. I'm glad Carl Weathers is working. <laughs> I didn't care enough. To, I made a noise. Mm. Yeah, Hill Street Blues. <laughs> I mean, people love it. People, oh people love it. This is such a crazy show. People love it. I no disrespect to Hill Street Blues at all. I know it's me. NYPD Blue. NYPD Blue never really NYPD did anything Blue for me. Always seemed like very paint by the numbers. I know yeah. people loved it, and I did watch it for a time, but it was very paint by the numbers. Yeah, and um, it didn't have a whole, and it had a black, a black, um, a couple of black guys on there for a long time. The the chief of detectives there was sure. I think his name was James McDaniel's. I think that's the actor's name. I, I know exactly who you're talking about, and yeah. I like him. Yeah, he's not bad. Right, I like he's him. Not a lot. Bad. You know, I was I was a homicide guy. Homicide life on the streets. Yeah, I was a I was a real strong homicide, and you know I'm a Baltimore dude. Yeah, so like we would see them around, like we'd actually see yeah, them. They filmed it right. They the filmed heart. it right there, mm-hmm. and, and you know, so you'd see Andre Brower and and other people who weren't Andre Brower. Yafet Koto. You would see Yafet Koto. You'd see Clark, Yaf- Clark, Clark um Clark um not Clark Clark Peters. Yeah. You would see Yafet Koto all like Yafet Koto was actually damn near a Baltimore dude. Yeah, like you see him wandering around, but it was nothing to run in the Homicide guy. And I loved Homicide. The first maybe two, three seasons of Homicide. Oh yeah, it was it was such good dark, uh, surreal crime drama when Frank would get people in the box. Get them in the box. 
Get him in the box. I mean, Andre Brower is still a bad yeah. actor. I mean, he's just a bad man. But this is where he made his bones. And, and he was lean. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. lean and, yeah, and hungry. Yeah, man. He was Andre still Brower. hungry. Yeah. Yeah, he was still hungry, man. Yeah. You know, he, he found his way to a couple of steakhouses since then. But, yeah, uh, hey, well, you know. Yeah, he's, he's still killing, though. Yeah. I, I, he's still, he's, mm. oh, I'm going to start life on the street. You watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No, I'm not. I don't watch it. I've seen it a couple of times, and it's funny. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And you know, Andre Brower's on there, and uh, yeah, Terry yeah, Cruz. it's very funny. It is. It's funny. It's very funny. It's funny. I just don't get around to watching it. It's yeah. It, it's actually a casualty of of like DV of my DVR switching. Oh really? Like you know how sometimes like you get a new box or like and and everything goes away and then you have to reprogram mm-hmm. stuff in, mm-hmm. and it didn't get reprogrammed in, and you know it was one of those things where I didn't care enough to reprogram it in and then I looked up and I had missed like a season and a half. Oh wow. But it's not bad. We we kind of like great quickly graze over uh get Christy Love, Teresa Graves get um, Christy on the show love. that I, know, I remember the theme song. Yeah. And the show only lasted a season. Yeah. You know. It, and it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. No, it wasn't. But um it's telling that there hasn't been a lot of black female cops i don't think anyone was at the head of their show right well the funny thing i think it's something coming on uh now on bet on bet is it called rebel rebel yeah, yeah. i don't want to lose a get christy love thing though because one kind of interesting factoid about her as i was kind of getting ready for this part of the reason that get christy love was so boring she became a jehovah's witness oh like right in the middle right or, or at the beginning at some point in the production and she was very adamant that there wouldn't be violence and there wouldn't be, you know, <laughs> things that were offensive she to wasn't gonna wear her certain, religion. Certain yeah, and and, like and and get Chrissy Love is actually boring, oh. and but that's part of it. Teresa, what are you doing, girl? Of course, you know I think a lot of that stuff is so funny, and I know. Well, you know, it's it's the binge lounge. We were sitting and we were watching. Um, like one of these networks, they show old reruns, like Me TV. Yeah. And we were watching um, The Incredible Hulk, like oh, the old wow. Incredible Hulk show with my daughter. And it was, you know, she was kind of drifting off and losing attention. And you realize that for all the buildup and all this stuff that, like, Bill Bixby actually held together The Incredible Hulk. Yes. Because he was such a good actor. Yeah. But quietly, not a whole lot happened no. on it. No. Another show like that, they were running like the Bionic Woman. Mm. And you realize the Bionic Woman, a lot of those episodes, mm-hmm. nothing really happened. I watched, the, I I did the same thing one day, caught Bionic Woman on like an antenna TV or something uh-huh. like that. And there was a sequence where some boy was on some horse. Yes. And he was like near the cliff. And Jamie had to run after him. And, you know, when she does the run, it, it was slow motion. Right, right. She slow motion. That's it's, it's real good special effects. Dude, she was running in slow motion <laughs> for about five minutes. She and just... still, I, I'm like, like, yo, slow motion, you should have gotten to that horse by now. Right. It was like, oh, my God, this is, is she still running? The funny thing is I always felt bad for... Um, What's the actress's name? Lindsay Wagner. I always felt bad for Lindsay Wagner with the Bionic Woman because it's the exact same formula for the most part as the Bionic Man. Six million dollar. Uh, the six million dollar man. But much like Bill Bixby, Lee Majors is so charismatic and so cool that you don't even notice. Ain't nothing really going on on the no. six million dollar man. It's just Lee. Like, but Lee Majors in like those leisure suits will hold your attention for a half hour. True, but also Lee Majors, because he was a guy, yeah, they yeah, would be right, willing sure. to put him into fights. Right, he put them paws on you. Right, whereas in the uh, Six Million Do- in the Bionic Woman, right, they were leery to put her in the right, fights, right. and then when she she did, they all she had bionic powers, right? Yet they always just showed her like throwing a guy, right, right. She or, throws or it. flipping him or listening. She had the power of bionic listening, right. So you never you never heard of just like why can't she just bionic punch somebody right. to sleep? Right. You never saw that. Yeah, they sold her, they sold her a bill of goods. Is that the worst reboot ever? Like is that like on the list of bad reboots? Remember they rebooted the Bionic Woman and it was the worst thing ever. And you watched it for like three episodes because you were confused by how bad it was. I see. I you don't even remember it. No, I do remember it. Was it was not that long ago? Yeah, it was like. 
five years ago. I seem to remember people mildly entertained. No. Well, here's the problem. What's old girl's name? Katie Sagoff. From, Katie Sagoff. Yeah, from um, um, Battlestar Galactica. Galactica. She played like a villain on like two episodes, mm-hmm. and it was so apparent that she should have played Jamie Summers. Oh, okay. So that's why. And then people were like, dude. <laughs> we need to. What are you doing? We need to switch up here. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a reboot. Remember a couple years ago. Side number five. Remember a couple years ago, speaking about black cops on TV and a black woman at the lead, they rebooted the movie Minority Report and they yeah. put Megan Good yeah. at the head of that. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that's a, that was rough. I one. mean, you know, Megan Good in this skin tight cat suit to hold you for three episodes. Yeah, but that was that was a rough show, man. The skin the the the, the skin tight the skin tight cat suit couldn't hold you. It couldn't hold me because I was looking at her fake eyebrows. Right, her right. Fake eyebrows right. took me out. Also, and I don't think much of Megan Good as an actress. With all due respect, she well, you know, I don't. I I, I, I just fight for an easy. I think bayou, she but. she left it all on the Bayou. Yeah, uh, but it was a boring show. It was yeah, it was, it was boring. boring. And it's a shame because it was a great movie. It's a great it's, and it's a great concept. Report. There's another black cop on TV. Who? That we are missing. Who who are we missing? Well, yeah, it's TV. What? Misty Knight. Mist on well, Luke Cage. Well, that goes without saying that we're <laughs> fans of Misty Knight on Luke Cage. I mean, come on now. You know. That goes without saying. Yes. Although, you know, even that is sort of and we've we talked about this with her and we've said it publicly, it, it's almost like a backdoor pilot going on, like it's the Luke Cage show. Mm-hmm. But then you have this other storyline that in a lot of ways was more engaging than the main storyline. You talking so, about Misty Knight? I'm talking about Misty Knight and Misty Knight at the police station and Misty oh, okay. Knight with the other policemen and all of that. And then you have, you know, but it's it's about Luke Cage. It's about Luke Cage. But honestly, the 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 and as good as Simone is and she's fantastic on the show. But the the other story I want to I want to hear was Cottonmouth. Right. Then they killed off Cottonmouth, which you know, I like. I want to. I want to see that that which, whole family. Which back to the Walking Dead. Like Robert Kirkman saw them kill Cottonmouth, and he looked at Negan and then put his arms lovingly around Negan and said, "Don't you worry. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere." <laughs> They've been, and I loved Alfred Wood. Like I love the rise of Black Mariah, but I was like, "Did y'all just kill Cottonmouth?" Mm-hmm. I would have made a different decision. Now that being said, like put him in jail. That being said, the episode when they kill him, it's a great episode. It's a fantastic, it's a fantastic episode. episode. Maybe the best episode of the show. But yeah, yeah, it was. Real, ugh, it was rough. Got to talk about the wire. Have to talk about the. Got to talk about the wire if you're going to talk. In fact, the wire is my favorite depiction because you know, not to be that guy, but so much you know, I'm a little you know, you know this policeman stuff and the good police and bad. You know, I'm I'm a believer in its mechanisms. Okay, at work, so you know, the good oh, is the good cop, and he teaching the little black children how to ride bicycles and tie their shoes, and you know, it's the horrible cop, and he got Nazi stuff in his house, and it's like you know, all that is, you know, but it's mechanisms, right? It's a machine, right? So it doesn't, you know, ultimately it doesn't matter if you're a good cop or a bad cop. You need to talk about the mechanism and the structure. Mm-hmm. And I thought the wire did such a wonderful job examining that like yeah. this is a culture and this is a structure and and you know like you talk about these moments in shows and in movies where you know you're looking at something different mm-hmm. and there's a great scene in the first or second episode where you know they're establishing the, the policemen and, and you know you've got the two guys like carver and um oh car i can't remember his name Carver and Herc. Yeah, Herc. And they're like the knucklehead cops. Yes, you know, they they're like the brawlers. Mm-hmm. And then you have Kima, and mm-hmm. Kima is a black lesbian mm-hmm. detective. And you know, so it's like, okay, well, she's black, she's a woman, she's she's gay, so she's like, and she's smarter than them. Like they established very early on that she's smarter than them. Right. And you know, I you remember there's a scene where uh one of the, the corner boys pushes an older cop down. Mm-hmm. And of course, Herc 
and and Carver jump on him and then just start wailing on him, you know, stomping him and, right. and punching him. And Kima runs over. And, you know, television has taught me that, you know, when television talks about the police, it's, you know, they're good police and they're bad police. They're mostly good. Yes. And they deal with the bad apples. And that's right. what television police tells me. So, of course, Kima's running over. And television has taught me that Kima is going to pull them off of this boy. <laughs> and Kima runs over and joins them. Yes. And starts stomping the guy out, too. And she says, you don't ever raise your hand to a policeman, this, that, and the other. And it is part of the culture. Like, yep. you know, part of the way that we police is through dominance and fear. And, you know, even though you've spent an episode saying that Kima is this, that, and the other, Kima still is part of this world. And so. I th- I love that show um, because, like you say, it's the mechanisms. is, And it is the cops dealing with the mechanisms of the street as well as the bureaucracy or, or aka mechanisms of their own um political structure sure uh, that they are part of and you know everybody heralds the whole storyline in the season that's all about the schools and the kids yeah. and it may be one of the best seasons of television ever yeah. but i but and i think it was during this season too but it may have been the, the season before when the um the one cop who's like the head of the district, Bunny. Yeah. Like Bunny Colvin. Bunny Colvin turns over like a whole section of the city. Yeah, Hamsterdam. Hamsterdam. It makes it like drug free. Yeah. And I I actually enjoyed that whole storyline about how that played out politically. That might and, be season three. Yeah, and it's, yeah. which yeah, it and might his, be season three, right? Because it's before because the, the kids are season four, right? and um, and the way it played out politically, yeah. and um, and how the how the 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 drug dealers were skeptical, but then soon, yeah, you know, bought in on it, and how it in a weird type of way was working i mean until it started to collapse upon itself right but just and and it mostly collapsed upon itself because not so much because it wasn't working but because of the way that it had to be built right it wasn't regulated exactly and and they didn't you know all of those cars start breaking in break break, break, to bring in breaking bad you know it was a half measure Exactly. It wasn't a full measure. Uh, but I really, I found that very, very in, intriguing. I enjoyed that uh, that season a great deal. Well, you know, we're talking about the police right now, you know, when we're talking about the police. But, you know, I think that was everything in the wire. Like, it was about sort of deconstructing mm-hmm. these these mechanisms that, you know, do or do not work. Yeah. And, and certainly the drug war. Is one that, and you know, it has my old mayor on there in a cameo, Kurt Schmoke. Oh, really? And Kurt Schmoke right. was one of the first people that I heard of that kind of floated decriminalizing drugs. Okay. Because everything, like this whole philosophy and this whole strategy towards the drug war isn't working. We need to think outside right. the box. Now, it, in fact, he was saying a lot of what you hear now. Yep. When we talk about the opiate um, sort of addiction problem that we have mm-hmm. in America, and people mm-hmm. are starting to say, "Let's treat it like a healthcare crisis." And this, and now the fact that the opiate crisis is affecting affecting white suburban people now, and now we're going to look at this more holistically. I'm sure it's just a coincidence, of course. But Kurt Schmoke was talking about this back in the '80s, in the early '90s. Yeah. So. That was that is a good show. I have a book that I actually um, co-written by Alan Steppenwall that yeah. is like the best TV shows of all yeah. time. And The Wire, like he he lists the five greatest shows of t- of all time. Um, I think he has it at one, doesn't he? No, he doesn't have it at one. What's at one? He has it. I think, if I remember correctly, is that number three or four? What does he have better than The Wire? Because I'm a Wire is number one dude. Number one, he has The Simpsons. Number yeah, Simpsons has been on too long. It's been on too long, but for but like I, for, I, the, for the I, amount of time, yeah, I see the that, argument. I yeah. see the, but I think it's, it, I think it's, it's, it's been on too long. It's been on too long. Like you got those to, ten years. There, there are ten years of The Simpsons where it was the best thing on television, and then you can take another ten years where if it's not one of the best 
think the best. It's one of the best on television. Yeah. So yeah. I, okay. So well, what's he got I, besides The Simpsons? Um, that I'm pretty sure was number one. But I think actually at number one B, the way they he wrote. Uh, worked it out was the Sopranos. Yeah, see, Sopranos won better than why. I think the Sopranos was. I think, I honestly do think. The, Y'all can't the see me shaking my head. I do think the Sopranos was better than the Wire. Wire had a better cast. Wire had better oh. storyline. Wire had a better ca- look. I think the cast may have been uh, comparable. Um, damn, how did I just forget his name? Which James Gandolfini. Yeah, Edie Falco. Edie Falco. Mm-hmm. I don't know who you're thinking. Of. I mean, you, I mean, if you want to talk people who were on the entire show, I mean, what's the what's my girl's name? The psychiatrist, Lorraine Bracco. What's Lorraine Bracco on every season? Yes, Lorraine Bracco. I'm now done with the people who were on The Sopranos from the beginning to end. Where I go, oh yeah. If you want to talk about the greatest show ever. These are people who brought A games better than this. You know, you want to talk about an ensemble. I don't know, man. Like Nancy Marshawn for the two seasons that she played his mom. She's a supporting Dominic, actor. Dominic Shanice. Well, everybody on the wire right. is a supporting actor. Well, it's a huge ensemble. Well, right, right, right. So you can't go. You can't. Yeah, Dominic. Dominic. Her. Um. Dominic. Uh. Uh. Chinese, he played Junior. He and he was he was Junior was good. Junior was very good. Junior, man. but we're talking about the best show ever. Well, okay, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think when you're arguing between The Sopranos sure. and The Wire, you're arguing peanuts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. You know, the difference is very minuscule, right? So, and so he had the um, Simpsons, The Sopranos, and I'm pretty sure then he had The Wire. Right. I actually think Breaking Bad is better than well, Sopranos. The, well, rounding out his top five were Breaking Bad and Cheers. Right. Breaking Bad is actually the only show that I will allow someone to say is better than The Wire. And I'll go, all right, I can see that. I think Breaking Bad is one of the best shows ever. I still find myself, I still think that I enjoy The Wire because the, because especially considering that The Wire for, Pretty much each season, right? The scope of it, the scope, the scope that they yeah. pack into each of those seasons. I mean, you don't feel it when you when you're in the midst of it, right? But by the time you're at season four, right, you have a better appreciation for what season two it's, on the docks it, was all the, about. The fact that they have and the way a, it plays right. into everything and the, and the overarching story that it adds. And again, to. I mean, you're you're talking literally two dozen actors. Who are just like apex level actors, like just just let's not go get crazy here. There's the very good actors on the on the Soprano on on the Wire, but you're talking the about- vast majority of the actors on the Wire could carry movies and carry. No, they couldn't. No, they Michael Kenneth Williams. Yes, the rest are good. The rest are the rest are. Extremely good actor. Michael B. Jordan, best actor of his generation. Okay, but Michael B. You don't know that when you see Michael B. I'm Jordan. Just, in no, the no, wire. no. I'm talking about what comes from the wire. I'm talking about okay, you know okay. what, what the wire launches. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Go ahead, Michael but, B. Jordan. No, 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 no. We don't get into a wire thing. But I'm just <laughs> saying, the wire. I think the wire is the greatest show ever made. There you go. Yeah. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we're going to... Um, Are there more poli- black policemen? I mean, I guess that, that might be it. Let us know. <laughs> Are there any other black cops of note that we missed? This one that we didn't we didn't mention. And that was um, Family Matters. Oh, for God's sake. Yes. I forget his name. What's his name? What's his name? Carl? Vel... Vel... Reginald, Reginald, Reginald Vel, Vel Williams. But what's Vel his name? Vel Johnson. Vel Johnson. But his name on the show. What's his name? Winslow? Carl Winslow? Or Carl something? Winslow, I think. Yeah. A show that I never watched, but just sort of through osmosis. I know. And just through kind of osmosis. <laughs> you know? So, like, the fact that his name is Car- Carl. Like, I, I... You know. Ostensibly, Family Matters was a... a um, Crossover to Die Hard, Die Hard, or spin off well, from a, Die Hard. Spin off from Die Hard and another TV show. Do you know what the other? TV I do show not. Is? Perfect Strangers. 
her the mother, his wife, strangers. was on Perfect Strangers. Was on Perfect Strangers. And I think she was like like their Boy, landlord or something. that is an 80s perfect. You know what? I think I watched every episode of Perfect Strangers. And you didn't watch Family Matters? And if you put a gun to my forehead and said, tell me about Perfect Strangers, I would be hard pressed. <laughs> Her boy, it was. I know we, I'm doing good, but boy, Perfect Strangers was a specific type of 80s show that we'll have to talk about on a binge lounge. Yep. It'll be a specific type of 80s show. Yes, that will right. be on a binge lounge coming near you sometime right. soon. Hope you've enjoyed this little diversion from the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen. This show, like all of the Michelle Missions, will be available on. MichelleMission.com as well as on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and every place a good podcast be, as well as the Beats and Eats Podcast Network. All right. That's right. That's the new home of the um Michelle Mission. You can actually download their app. It's the CL CLNS um app. Beats and Eats Podcast Network, where the Michelle Mission stands loud and proud with our brethren on Black Tribbles, with the uh, Celtic stuff, which is all about the Boston Celtics, which about with MMA Roasted. It's all about that MMA fighting. Um, Tech Life Podcast, Sixers Beat, all about you for you 76ers heads, as well as the banner show Beats. And eats, and you can just imagine what beats and eats. They're gonna they're gonna enjoy our little hip hop uh, digression on this episode. All right, we got to get out of here. Um, you are listening to WPPMLP Philadelphia. I'm Len. He's Vince. And in parting on the binge lounge, we we, what are, we are we are we wubba double love loving on here? What are we doing? Let's wubba double love love. Let's wubba double love double. Yeah, go watch Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.